Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Trust you and your young submarine commander will sit as my guests tonight. This invitation the yard's owner accepted, asking only time enough to arrange for keeping some of his workmen overtime awaiting the coming of flood tide. And so presently, Jack and his employer found themselves seated at table in the gunboat's handsome wardroom. Besides the lieutenant commander, there were Lieutenant Halpin, two ensigns, two engineer officers, and a young medical officer. In the Hudson's complement of officers, there were also four midshipmen, but these latter ate in their own mess. The time passed most pleasantly, Mr. Mayhew plainly doing all in his power to atone for his late censure of the submarine boy. Before dinner was over, the small towboat was in the harbor. At the coming of flood tide, this towing craft had a hawser made fast to the gunboat. With the help of some of the naval machinists aboard the Hudson, both submarine craft were also manned and hawsers made fast. Two cables were passed ashore to winches to which power was supplied by the shipyard's engines. And when all was ready, a mighty pull was given, the gunboat's own propellers taking part in the struggle. For two or three minutes the efforts continued, and then at last the Hudson, uninjured, ran off into deep water and shortly afterwards anchored in safety. It was a moment of tremendous relief for Mr. Mayhew. Call the tugboat captain aboard, and I'll settle with him at my own expense, proposed the lieutenant commander. I trust you will think of nothing of the sort, replied Jacob Farnum quickly. In this harbor, I wish to consider you and your vessel as my guests. Again Mr. Mayhew expressed his thanks. Presently, glancing ashore through the night, he asked, What sort of country is it hereabouts? Mostly flat as to the surface, Mr. Farnham replied. If your question goes further, there are some fine roads and several handsome estates within a few miles of here, Mr. Mayhew. Won't you and a couple of your officers come on shore with me? I'll telephone for my car and put you over quite a few miles this evening. Delighted, replied the commander of the gunboat. One of the Hudson's cutters being now in the water alongside, the party went ashore in this. Jack, after bidding the naval officers good night, found Hal and Eph, who had just come ashore from supper, on board the Farnham. No sailing orders yet, I suppose? Hal asked. None, Jack replied. I reckon we'll start all right sometime tomorrow morning. What'll we do tonight? Eph wondered. I don't know, replied Jack. We've few friends around here we need to take the trouble to say goodbye to. We could call on Mrs. Farnham but I imagine we'd run into the naval party up at the Farnham house. We want to keep a bit in the background with these naval officers, except when they may ask for our company. 
let's take a walk about the old town then hal suggested and so the three submarine boys strolled across the shipyard and just as they were passing through the gate a man of middle height and seemingly about thirty years of age quickened his pace to reach them is this shipyard open nights he queried only to some employees jack answered i suppose mr farnum isn't about no captain benson benson is my name this letter is addressed to mr farnum went on the stranger but mr pollard told me i could hand it to you captain jack took the letter from the unsealed envelope my dear farnum ran the enclosure since you're short a good machinist for the engine room of the farnum the bearer samuel trox seems to me to be just the man you want i've examined him and he understands the sort of machinery we use better give him a chance the note was signed in david pollard's well-known scrawly handwriting i'm sorry you can't see mr farnum tonight," said benson pleasantly he'll be here early in the morning though when do you sail asked trucks quickly you bet you'd have to ask mr farnum too smiled jack but see here mr pollard engaged me to work aboard one of your submarines it looks that way doesn't it laughed the young skipper and you're the captain yes but i can't undertake to handle mr farnum's business for him you'll let me go aboard the craft to sleep for tonight anyway coaxed trox why that's just what i'm not at liberty to do replied the young submarine captain no i couldn't think of that in the absence of mr farnum's order but that doesn't seem hardly fair protested trox see here i spent all my money getting here i haven't even the price of lodging with me and this isn't a summer night why i'll tell you what i'll do benson went on feeling in one of his pockets here's a dollar that'll buy you a bed and a breakfast at the hotel up the street if you want to get aboard with us in time you better show up by eight in the morning but that's really all i can do jack benson hastily assured the fellow i'm not the owner of the boat and i can't take any liberties oh wait just a moment i'll see if there's any chance of mr farnum coming back tonight jack knew well enough there wasn't any chance of mr farnum's returning unless possibly at a very late hour with the naval officers but the boy had seen the night watchman peering out through the gateway retracing his steps jack drew the night watchman inside whispering just a pointer for you you've seen that man on the street with us he has a letter from mr pollard to mr farnum but i wouldn't let him in the yard tonight unless mr farnum appears and gives the order i understand said the night watchman nodding that's all then and thank you jack benson hastily rejoined the others on the sidewalk i don't believe mr trox it'll be worth your while to come here earlier than eight in the morning better go to the hotel and tie up to a good night's sleep good night say why did you take such a dislike to the fellow queried f as the three submarine boys strolled on up the street trox following slowly at some distance in the rear i didn't take a dislike to him jack replied opening his eyes wide you choked him off mighty short then if it looked that way then i'm sorry benson protested in a tone of genuine regret all i wanted to make plain was that i couldn't pass him on to our precious old boat without mr farnum's order trox plodded slowly along behind the submarine boys a cunning look in the man's eyes as he stared after jack benson you're a slick young man or else a wise one muttered trox but i think i'm smart enough to take it out of you nor did sam trox go to the hotel he had his own plans for this evening plans that boded the submarine boys no good 
the three boys strolled easily about town getting a hot soda or two and finally drifting into a moving picture show that had opened recently in dunhaven this place they didn't leave until the show was over they were halfway home when captain jack remembered he'd left behind him a book that he had bought earlier in the evening you fellows keep right on down to the yard i'll hurry back get the book and overtake you he proposed jack ran back but already the little theater was closed well i'm out that book then if we sail in the morning he muttered as he trudged along after his friends on the way toward the waterfront benson had to pass a vacant lot surrounded by a high board fence on a deserted street he had passed about halfway along the length of the fence when a head appeared over the top followed by a pair of arms holding a small bag of sand down dropped the bag striking jack benson on the top of the head sending him unconscious to the ground end of chapter three